Hi, I'm Madhuni Krishnan, the editor of Skift Airline Weekly, and welcome to the Skift Airline Weekly Lounge podcast. This episode of the Skift Airline Weekly Lounge is brought to you by Blue Sky, a new service of Pittsburgh International Airport. Visit blueskypit.com and subscribe to get weekly headlines on airport and aviation news, trends, and ideas. That's blueskypit.com. In this episode of the Skift Airline Weekly Lounge, I talked to Singapore Airlines CEO Go Chum Pong. This episode was recorded at the Skift Forum Asia in Singapore earlier this year. In the interview, Mr. Go talks about Singapore Airlines' portfolio strategy, how the MAX has affected its subsidiaries, and how Singapore Airlines Group plans to expand in Asia. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode, and if you have any feedback, please do not hesitate to drop me a line at mu at skift.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome CEO Singapore Airlines Limited, Go Chu Pong, in discussion with editor Skift Airline Weekly, Madhu Unikrishnan. Good afternoon. This is, um, as Rafael mentioned this morning, my name is Madhu Unikrishnan. I'm the new editor of Skift Airline Weekly, and this is my first Skift Forum. It is my great privilege to do my first Skift Forum with Mr. Go. Chumpong, the CEO of um, Singapore Airlines. Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. It's a great pleasure to be here. I mean, I know a lot about Skift, and I'm very glad that Skift is holding this forum here in Singapore. Oh, we're, 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 we're privileged to have you. And just as a public service announcement, um, we'll have some time for questions at the end of the session. Please um, use your app to ask any questions you want, and, or go to slido.com and enter hashtag skip forum. So Mr. Go, um, you recently posted your first quarter earnings results. Actually, it's uh, last quarter because our financial That's right. ends in Right, thanks March. for correcting me. Um, so let's talk about this most recent quarter. Um, so several um, analysts have called it a challenging quarter. Mm-hmm. Your margins were not what were you'd expected. Um, can you walk us through some of the challenges Singapore faced in this quarter? Yeah, I think to talk about this quarter's result, we should really look, be looking at the environment in general, mm-hmm. and especially in Southeast Asia. Many of you might be aware that Southeast Asia is a particularly challenging uh, market for aviation, for airlines in general. If you just look around at the, the airlines in Southeast Asia, how many are actually profitable? I think you can count with the finger, with, with, your, with one hand. So, um, so in, a con- in that context, uh, I would say that, as we say in our press release, uh, we have done pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we have done, especially in terms of transformation over the last two years, we started a three-year transformation program, and we are so two-thirds through the transformation program. Mm-hmm. What it has achieved is to raise the uh, revenue for the airline, in fact, our RUSC, which is revenue per ASK, has been increasing uh, over the last two years. This is despite expansion in terms of our, our footprint as well. At the same time, we're able to keep our RUSC on the decline, mm-hmm. which is again uh, because of the very decisive actions they've taken in the transformation program. But your cost per available seat mile rose also in this quarter. Actually, the overall cost per available seat mount 
uh, went up because of fuel, mm -hmm. and fuel, of course, have gone up. Uh, actually, if you compare year on year, almost uh, 30%, which is quite a big jump. So if you were to take out those costs that we can't control, in particular fuel, that means cost per ESK X fuel, it actually has been coming down. That's true. Um, so how, how um, are you prepared to deal with the oil price volatility, particularly in this region? So oil price, we, we can't really, um, of course, we are not in a position to, to influence oil price. But what we have done is we have taken and quite, I think, contrary to many of the carriers in, in the world, we've taken um, a long-range hedge. We hedge our oil, price, our oil requirement up to five years out, which is very unusual in this climate. And we hedge you know, anywhere between 20 to 46% or so, five years out. At, I think, a reasonable price of, uh, in terms of brand crude, just over $60. So that will give us some uh, mitigation for any sudden increase in oil price. Hmm. Well, I wanted to go back to something you said about this region. American Airlines CEO Doug Parker very famously, and perhaps tempting fate, said that the era of loss-making airlines is over. Do you think Parker's statement holds true in this region? Well, I would love to be in Parker's position <laughs> or, or, um, or Oscar's. Uh, and, and, and because here, so for Singapore Airlines, maybe I'll just point out two things, which is very different from many other airlines in the world. First, we don't have a domestic market. Any place we fly is international. <laughs> so unfortunately, I can't fly from Changi to Silita and, and touch something because the... Uh, no, Grab will be cheaper. Uh, so the other thing is really that we, um, we, we have a very, very liberal aviation regime. We basically welcome everyone to come and fly into Singapore, which is great. But we don't necessarily have a reciprocal uh, arrangement whereby the other regimes are as, equal, as, um, as liberal. So therein lies sometimes uh, some uh, differences in terms of access to other markets. So these two factors, if we add together, put us in a very much more competitive position versus just about any other airlines in the world. I mentioned in jest about um, being, uh, I would love to be in a position of one of the American carriers. If you look at the American carriers today, the big three in particular, they are the most profitable in the world, in part because um, the US have a huge domestic market. So does the Chinese carriers, and so does some of the other North Asian carriers. Now, we don't have the advantage, mm. and uh, we got to fight competitively with everyone that operates in the, on the international front. In Singapore, I, I don't know how many of the participants here are aware that the LCC penetration in Southeast Asia is the highest in the world in terms of for any region. Just last year, the penetration is 52%. This year, after one year, is 55%. 55% is much higher than the US, which is in a region of 37% or so. So it is very competitive. And plus, of course, everyone is aware of the huge capacity that the Middle Eastern carriers used to inject. Well, to go back to the LCC comment, is that, does that sort of inform the portfolio strategy of Singapore Airlines? And can you walk our audience yeah. through the portfolio strategy? So if you... The, the, the acceleration in the growth of LCC, the expansion of LCC in Southeast Asia really took place maybe about 12, 15 years ago in this part of the world. And so when we look at it um, some 10 years ago, 
we see that it is not going to be, it, it is a structural change. It's not just going to be cyclical. The LCCs are here to stay. And so we make the call that says, um, yes, we are full service carriers, but this is a space that we, we need to be involved in. And we need to be involved in two key reasons, for two key reasons. One is, of course, that without an LCC vehicle, you cannot participate in that growth. And secondly, the LCCs would also be penetrating a lot of the short-haul operations and make it difficult for us to operate as a full-service carriers. So for those reasons and others, we decided that we want to be a player in the LCC market. But there are very few successful examples of, of full-service carriers setting up LCC particularly in our context, because if you look at many of the uh, carriers that have set up LCC, they usually have the options of setting up LCC in a different city within a country. We, again, don't have that luxury. We can't base an LCC in another city because Singapore is a city <laughs> itself. So, so what we did then, therefore, is that we, we decided we want to go into the market, we have to uh, be competitive, we want to set up that uh, LCC ourselves, and we want to make it work seamlessly, as seamlessly as possible with the full service carrier, which is the parent airline. And that's the starting point of why we wanted to go into the LCC market. And it, since then, of course, the, the rest of history, you have seen how we have evolved Scoot, um, which is our in-house LCC, 100% uh, owned LCC uh, that we set up, going out to, to acquire aircraft, even the long-range um, white-body planes, 787s, and also to um, acquire 100% of Tiger and merge the two. So now we actually have, a, I would say, a sizable presence in terms of LCC uh, market in uh, this part of the world. And Scoot is growing, it will continue to grow and will continue to participate in that market. So what was the decision, what was behind the decision to sunset Silk Air? Okay, so if you look at, we, we always say that if you were to draw a simple charge, two by two charge, long haul, medium, short haul, and then full service and LCC. You have four distinct segments, right? People can travel short haul and then you know, full service or long haul full service or short haul uh, LCC or long haul LCC. We used to be uh, catering for those market with four different vehicles. You have Tiger in the short haul LCC uh, market and we have Scoot in a long medium haul LCC market and then Soka mm -hmm. in the full service uh, short-haul, medium-haul market, and then, of course, SI8, long-haul and medium-haul uh, white-body market. But what happened is that this is, to, to us, it has never been that, while we cover those segments, it was, it was not the most optimal, not the most efficient way to address, uh, because, because there's a lot of connectivity between the, the, uh, the short-medium-haul uh, operations and also long-haul operations. And ideally, we would like to just have those under one brand, and that's what we did, okay. which is to simplify the model further, to merge Scoot and Tiger into one brand, therefore within LCC itself, you can do your connectivity from the region to the medium and long haul. And similarly, what we're doing here with uh, Silkcare. The reason why we haven't done so with Silkcare earlier is because we found it difficult to actually introduce products and services that, that could match that of SIAs for long-haul um, white-body operations until recently. That product for us to be able to put in a full flat seats on the uh, narrow body became available, and that's what we're going to do. So do you think there's room, once Silk Air is sunsetted, <clears throat> excuse me, 
Do you think there's room for Scoot for more premium-ish products on Scoot? No, I, the, the idea is always to keep the model pure. So our idea is that the SIA um, so slash so uh, pro, uh, offers will be on the high premium side because we're talking about so uh, even for narrow body and for very short haul to put in place uh, full IFE system as well as um, you know full flat seats on a business class and then to keep the models pure for the LCC segment as well. So you can imagine that well the the SIA so uh, um, combination and the Scoot. Uh, offering uh, in some sense at uh, two ends of the spectrum. This means that we can compete effectively in those, in those uh, respective uh, segments. What happened is that whoever else has been pinceled in between will then have a hard time. Okay. So I want to switch quickly to ask a couple of questions about fleet. Um, the A380. Singapore was one of the launch customers of the A380 20 years ago, which launched with a whole lot of fanfare. People, mm. Not Singapore, but other airlines were talking about uh, adding gymnasiums and hair salons and all sorts of things. And this was the aircraft of the future, especially in Asia. Um, your fleet has remained static. You returned some. You've taken some new ones. Um, why, why do you think that aircraft was not as much of a success as it should have been, or it was touted to be in, in the early 2000s. The aircraft has been great for us. Mm -hmm. We obviously, given the signs that the A380 is, uh, we cannot amount the A380 to all destinations. For example, it doesn't quite make any sense for us to, say, operate the A380 from between Singapore and Surabaya, right? Because the market doesn't demand that kind of uh, signs for operations. But the A380 has been fabulous for us. Uh, operating into high-density routes, that are particularly the, those that are slots constraints, like London, Sydney, Chinese points, Indian points. And our passengers love it. I don't know how many in the audience have traveled with us on A380. Uh, maybe you'll tell me whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it has been fabulous. And with the um, reconfiguration that we are doing with the A380 recently, which we launched mm -hmm. brand new seats on both, actually throughout the whole cabin, including, of course, our legendary first-class seats. Um, it has been even more uh, popular with our customers. So the A380 has been, been very good for us. Now, whether or not it is a commercial success from an aircraft manufacturer's perspective, that's the question you need to ask Airbus. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I will ask Airbus that. Thank you. I'll make a note of, to say that Mr. Yeah, you oh. can ask them when you go to Ayata. I will. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell them you asked me to tell. Sure. <laughs> Um, and then to switch, you know, about the MAX, which has been in the news a lot, um, you know, aircraft problems are very rare. And this, this is one of the first times that sort of a, a big problem like this, an aircraft grounding, happened at the speed of social media. How has this been different for Singapore in sort of grounding and your reaction to it? And um, do you see this sort of, do you see this changing the, the way the public and airlines react to, to aircraft safety incidents in the future? I think the industry has always paid a lot of attention in safety. We, for us, in Singapore Airlines, the whole group, not just the Singapore Airlines, but also Scoot and all that, and Vistara for that matter. Uh, safety is number one, there's no question about it. Yeah? Uh, we will not compromise safety for, for anything. Mm -hmm. yeah? And um, it's not a good news for the industry that Max is having all this issue. Um, and so, but Boeing have to get through it. They have to demonstrate that uh, it is going to be 
to, to all the authorities that it's beyond doubt that it's going to be safe and all that, and we have to wait for that, uh, that process to go through. But as far as we are concerned, um, the way Singapore Airlines work in terms of planning our fleet is always to build in some flexibility. And in this case, some of the flexibility will be provided through uh, aircraft leases, aircraft leases that we have on our book that we have the option to extend the lease. Therefore, be able to use some of those capacity, capacity to replace what we lose out in terms of the max grounding. Now, there are six uh, maxes. We have six maxes on the ground now. Uh, we have 31 on order. So we, have, we believe we have now um, a solution in terms of as, as much as possible to cover for some of those capacity loss. Do you still have confidence in the aircraft? I, I believe that Boeing will be able to get through. I mean, after all, I, I'm not the authority. They would have to go through a very rigorous process to convince all the relevant authorities that it is going to be safe. Uh, I mentioned at the results when I was asked the same question that it is not just about Boeing saying that it is safe. You've got to get the authorities to agree, and there are many authorities, because when we operate the MAX, it's not just... In our case, CAAS, the Singapore Authority, having to approve it, but for us to operate to the relevant markets, the other authority, like the Chinese, the Indonesian, also have to approve it. Of course, uh, Boeing also, uh, together with the authorities, have to convince the pilots that it is safe and ultimately regain the confidence of the uh, travelling public. Well, that's a question that leads to my next question. Do you think, um, do you think your customers will have confidence in this aircraft? I think it's too early for me to comment. It is something that we need to uh, monitor and, and see how it goes. You should ask that question of Scott this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I'll tell him uh, you asked yes. me to say that. <laughs> um, if we could switch uh, you know, briefly to some of the, uh, your other subsidiaries, um, Nokescoot, which is not a wholly owned subsidiary, and um, Vistara, which is an independent um, company. Um, does that fit into your portfolio strategy? And do you see other opportunities for investment in the region? So we, we, it's just a, it's a matter of terminology because we, we refer portfolio, in this case, to airlines that are 100% owned mm -hmm. and operating from Singapore at this point in time. So it is really talking about us being able to tap into the LCC market as well with our own vehicles. Maybe I'll add in this uh, context that the portfolio is not just about tapping the LCC market itself, uh, it, it's also about um, making, it, making the group network a lot more complete. Take the example of uh, you know, Scoot com in combination with SIA. We now serve 28 points uh, from Singapore to China. And uh, we serve 14 points uh, in India. 14 points in India make us the biggest operator by number of points in the world. Bigger than any Middle Eastern carrier, for example, that you expect to have many services. And 28 points make us one of the biggest uh, operators in terms of number of points to China as well. We would not have been it would not have been possible to achieve that without the LCC operation because some of those destinations are simply not feasible commercially to be served using a full-service model. So what that means is that it will allow the network to be a lot richer because Ultimately, you want to be able to tap all these points to connect on to your medium and long-haul operations as well. And it, it would drastically improve the connectivity of the Singapore hub at the same time. 
So that's the part on the portfolio. Mm -hmm. Now, what we then say is that beyond Singapore, because Singapore, however you look at it, it's a fairly limited market, although I wish it was much <laughs> bigger, but it is a fairly limited market. We have five, six billion people. So we, we do want to see how we can also participate in growth outside Singapore in high growth market. India is certainly, without dispute, one of those markets, and hence our investment in Vistara together with Tata, and also our investment in, in uh, Thailand, uh, in Notscoot. Notscoot is a LCC, is a, is a low-cost carrier, it's a budget carrier, um, and I think uh, one would probably agree that um, budget travellers going to Thailand uh, is still growing, and it's an it's excellent location for budget. Great, thank you. Um, let's turn to some of the uh, questions from the audience. Um, this is from Anonymous. Will there be consolidation within the airline industry? Where'd that go? Where'd, where'd it go? It just disappeared. <laughs> All right, let's go to... Uh, ah, there. Will there be consolidation within the airline industry, as you mentioned, profitably among Southeast Asia, maybe to the extent other parts of Asia as well uh, are declining? I think consolidation within a context of a country is, uh, is easier. So, for example, in the West, US, you see the consolidation that took place that brought um, you know, in, into the current situation where you have basically four big carriers. Consolidation uh, in China, you saw some of the smaller carriers being integrated into uh, the bigger carriers. So, so consolidation within a country, obviously, is a lot easier. But consolidation between airlines uh, in different countries is a lot more complicated. And at this point in time, I don't think the regulatory regime uh, quite allows that. Um, here's another one from, an, from another anonymous um, question asker. How have OTAs and meta searches influenced Singapore's pricing and distribution strategy? So we, we actually, in our, the recent transformation that we, uh, we, we went through, there were a lot of uh, efforts looking into how to prepare the airline for the future, including how you do sales and marketing in the future. And part of that is about restructuring the way we do pricing and the way we actually do distribution. And certainly those uh, questions that you ask are relevant there. And I'm sure uh, everyone is aware of NDC development, one order. And this, uh, I think, my own personal view is that uh, move in the right direction so that we can offer much richer content to our consumers, to our customers. All right, we have time for possibly one more. This sounds like a fun one. What's Singapore Airlines' vision for Singapore as a destination in the next 10 years? We are based here in <laughs> Singapore, and everybody um, that I've talked to so far seems to like Singapore. I, is that a fair statement? <laughs> <laughs> So we will certainly do our part to connect Singapore more to the rest of the world. Um, sometimes it's possible because we have different models. I mentioned about uh, our uh, LCC vehicle, Scoot, uh, being able to operate to many more points beyond, which, um, be, uh, beyond what SIA as a full service carrier could, could actually serve. Uh, the other uh, aspects, of course, is for us to work with tourism bodies all over the world to actually promote some of this uh, operation as well. Maybe one more thing I would like to add is that um, 
some of these services and connectivity are also made possible because of technology, mm -hmm. aircraft in particular. So for example, the A350 uh, aircraft that we've taken actually enable us to operate non-stop to some of the secondary points in, uh, in Europe, which allow, therefore, uh, more connectivity. Similarly, the non-stop that we have on the ultra-long-range operations to New York, to Los Angeles, to San Francisco, yes. <laughs> um, and and coming, coming online is uh, Seattle, would again add to their connectivity. All right, All right well, thank you very thank much you. for taking the time. Pleasure. Okay. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you.